This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan with the Rangers. Well... You know what? I was going to introduce it one very specific way, but I changed my mind. How about instead of that, we go to cut number seven. Hey, do you guys remember when this happened? Two balls, two strikes. Spores, kicks, and fires. He struck him out looking. It's over. It's over. The Rangers have won the World Series. Ranger fans, you're not dreaming. The Rangers are the World Series champions. After 52 years in Texas, 63 years of the franchise, the wait is over, and the celebration has begun. I got chills again. I literally just got chills again. I almost cried watching a little bit of Twitter X yesterday because the Rangers put out these. It might be older, but I just saw, like, they're like, hey, I want you to just talk about this moment, talk about this player, and behind the wall was that player, whether it was Josh Spores, whether yeah. it was you know somebody like that, Josh Young, Tra- uh, Travis Jankowski, and it was just really cool to see these fans kind of talk about these moments and get emotional about them because they were thinking about their dad who had passed away, who got yes. them involved in baseball, or talking about, you know, I've been a fan or a, a season ticket holder since 1993, and it's just real. And their son's there, so it's just really cool. And it is really emotional when your team has never won, and then they do. Now, I will say this. I don't think it'll ever happen in my lifetime. Again, if the Cowboys win, it will feel like the first time they've ever won. In a way, they're losing so much. I, could see, and I see lot, what you're saying. Like when they're like, 52 years well they never had and in 2011 when the mavericks did it it was the first time ever it's like how are we the nba champs the dallas mavericks like nobody likes the dallas mavericks outside of dallas and we did it and so it is one of those special emotional moments when your team does it for the first time like if the rangers do it again this year unbelievable back-to-back champs but it, it probably won't have the same emotional connection that the 04 red sox had compared to the 07 Red Sox. Absolutely. No, you got a lot, a really good point there. And I, can I add something, yeah, yeah. though? There's parts of me that are like, the World Series win was fine. Beating Houston in the ALCS was badass. Like, that was okay. that was a part where, because as we were doing that whole series, every day, Mike, I think I was saying, I can't lose this series. And I know people were like, you're not playing. I was like, no, no, you don't understand. Like, emotionally, I can't deal with that. But... The winning the World Series, like that capped it off. That definitely was the capping part of it. But the whole Houston series was the most exhilarating 
moments of the of that playoff run. And and I have to admit, I do still love. You were talking about how it still gives you goosebumps. There's somebody who texted in. It was like. Hey, thanks a lot, jerks, for making me tear up while I'm at lunch. You're welcome. Play it again yeah. every single time. And so what I'm curious about is what are the pressures that come along with being the World Series champion? Because you all, the, the thing I immediately think of is, oh, you're going to get every team's best shot. Look, I've loved the Rangers my entire life. Fair to say that this wasn't a benchmark series for most teams who were like, oh, We got the Rangers coming up. They're going to get our best shot. But didn't you, to your point, and it was that we played them, didn't you see some Baltimore guys in Las Vegas? Am I I remembering this correctly? And they were like, it's, we got to get you guys back Yeah, for sweeping Baltimore when they had the best record. So I do think there is some of that. I think from a, from a fan's perspective, what you're talking about is fans General MLB fans that aren't fans of the Rangers don't really respect this championship. Sure. It's like, oh, no, look at this new juggernaut coming along. Like, they're probably more worried about Baltimore, to be honest, than the that. Texas Rangers, like, over the next three to five years, like, if you're a Yankees fan or something like that. But I I do think that the players, when you play against the Rangers, you know who you're playing now. And last year, for most of the regular season, it was like, oh, they're a pretty good team, and they have a good record, but... They're just another team, and now you do have to take on that. Here comes into town the world champion yep. Texas Rangers. So when it's previewed on their television channels and coming to town are the World Series champion Texas Rangers. There'll be probably quite a few fans, Corey. They're like, oh, yeah, the Rangers did win the World Series last year. I do wonder, you know, that part of will the, the teams they're playing against – be like you know what this is that team you know like uh dan campbell says about the lions now now the target's on your back you did it yeah while you were under the radar but now like uh now you're you got the target how are you going to handle business whenever you're the the big boy and i think one of the other pressures kevin that i'd kind of get caught up in and have concerns about is trying to live up to that from the start and trying to be you know trying to win 162 Every every night you can't. It's tough. That's a hard schedule to do. If you did that, I mean, it's the luckiest thing to pull off a few of those wins throughout that. Probably 40 of those wins you're lucky to get. But, like, when you come out hot, it's very difficult to stay that way all the time. So, I think what they did last year, they kind of navigated that roller coaster. A lot of times, the pressure is kind of still understanding that you're on that roller coaster through the season, and then you get to the really good stuff at the end of the year. Now, there's another thing that goes along with this. By the way, if you're going out to Rangers games, there's going to be all kinds of awesomeness in various levels of the Rangers presentation this season that I think people name are one thing. About. I will name one thing. Don't get nervous, Mike. It was in an article is <laughs> they're going to have gold trimmed uniforms. Yes. To celebrate their status as the world champion. I believe most teams have won, worn that for like the first series of the season. I think that the Astros, we asked Parker down in Houston yeah. if they how they did it. Some people have said they wore it for, I think the Royals were like, they, yeah, we, they had it all season. And I was like, whoa, I don't remember that. But I'm curious to see how often they utilize that because I think that's badass, having the gold trim in there because you were the champ, baby. Now, I wanted to go back to one specific player. And I know that we've talked about this player a lot, but you continue to see articles everywhere about Wyatt Langford, like national articles. 
Now, I want to go to one of your nemesis, Mike, Jim Bowden. Is He was talking about it from a fantasy baseball perspective, but it was 10 players who are ready to explode and help your fantasy team this season. And number three on his list is Wyatt Langford. And he started with this. Langford is about to make more noise than any rookie in 2024 because of his ridiculous bat and home run potential. This is making me nervous. And so across the four levels, and I realize rookie ball to AAA, that is a giant difference. But if you look at his combined stat line, he hit 360 with 10 home runs, 30 RBIs, and 12 stolen bases in 44 games. It's yeah. It's it's hard not to get excited about that. You should be excited. I just don't know. I know you guys have a higher percentage than me. I don't have a low percentage about yeah. him being on the opening day roster. Uh, but this is so, – can you imagine – I was thinking about this the other day. If he ends up being an MVP – I'm not saying this year. But let's just say he's rookie of the year, and in year three or four, he wins an MVP. And you're thinking – the first year of the lottery, we moved from seven to four and got the next yeah. great player in Major League Baseball. That would just be an unbelievable story. We got to meet Wyatt Langford, really down-to-earth guy at Worth Collectibles yeah. in Waxahachie. He was awesome. Uh, obviously, we'll get to see him in spring training. And this is, in a way, it's really not a big spring training for him, as in we do still have to realize he's just out of college. He for could have sure. been a senior at Florida this year if he wanted to be, so... It's not like basketball and uh, football where it's like you need to show somewhat of an immediate impact out of the draft. Usually a college player gets three years of minor leagues before they make it to the major leagues. Example, Aaron Judge made it to the major leagues at 25 years old out of college. That's when he had his 53, I think, home run season as a rookie, rookie of the year, you know, all-star game. I think he finished second in MVP to Altuve. But. That's what Altuve does. Oh, yeah. Well, that, that was the year, 2017, yeah. where they got That's extra signal. help. I know. So It wasn't a trash can, so I was a little... I'm fair. I'm excited. I am excited for Wyatt Langford, but I, I am... I understand how tough the major leagues are. Okay, I want to add one more to this. And his cards are going down. He was the coldest card on the last top five cards I watched oh, last really? night. But his cards were so expensive when they came out that it they was had an unsustainable dip. level. Yeah. So MLB.com also put out this article. Not your nemesis. Is one key spring training storyline for each team. Now look across the rest of the division and consider how big these storylines are. How will the Angels fare post Otani? Astros. How will Josh Hader fit into the bullpen? Great, great, great. Move down to the Rangers. Can Wyatt Langford make the opening day roster? I'm telling you, it's everywhere. So this is MLB.com. Hey, how are they going to deal without Otani? Hey, how are we going to work in one of the highest priced pitchers of the offseason? And can your super rookie make the opening day roster? I feel like the story on the Rangers is... Can can Seager stay healthy enough to be an MVP this year? Like that's like that's the there's other things, but this young thing, this young player that could take over the league, and we haven't even seen him step foot on the field yet, a real major league field yet, is the biggest story. Well, you know, probably my biggest story in the season will be 
what we saw from Evan Carter was way more than he did in double A and triple A. And he was good in double A and triple A. But what he did in his three weeks in the major leagues and then the month in the playoffs, can he be that guy? Because I'm not saying he's the reason. Everybody contributed to that championship team. But if Evan Carter comes up and plays like a 20-year-old, you don't do anything really in the playoffs. He was a major part of you advancing and kept doing what. And now they have him projected batting third, at least on MLB.com's projected lineups. Can this 21-year-old who has 16 games in the major leagues, plus his, you know, games in the playoffs, but can he continue this kind of, he's a 300 hitter, he's a 900 OPS guy? Can, Can he continue that? Because going into the playoffs, I remember sitting down with some people and said, man, the Rangers love their lineup one, two, five through nine. They just feel like, even though, yes, Adolis bats third or fourth or Nathaniel Lowe bats third or fourth, somebody has to bat third or fourth. They'd love for those guys to kind of bat fifth and sixth in a perfect lineup. And then Evan Carter came along and kind of changed all those things. Like Now, I'm not saying he's the perfect three-hole hitter, but it's like we just added another premium hitter to the lineup. So 3-4 doesn't feel as like, man, we just... We have it. We just need those that premium guy. And really, Seager's the premium guy. You just bat him second. I'm getting but, a spring training hat, by the way. I'm getting the it's the, the light one? blue with the I'm getting one. Does it have gold out? This on one's it? done. Okay. You know what? I gotta get a I gotta get a gold a gold uh outline hat. You know, whatever that's gonna be, the gold trim hat. So I gotta get a number of hats this year, man. You know, I'm big time now. You I'll, know, I'll no. help you out. Oh! It really doesn't matter that I got the new job with the Rangers. You could always got to help. I'm That's dis- true. I get a discount because I used to play in the majors. That's true. <laughs> We're the KNC masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan handle. in the majors. People Coming get really mad. I say up that. Next, we move into the lunch rush as part of the expressway. The craziest football-based story you'll hear all day, plus an in-depth look at the new structure of the Mavs. Let's talk about it next right here on The Fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. KNC Masterpiece back here on 105 Through the Fan. We're going to talk about this changing structure of the Mavericks momentarily, but first. First. Perhaps the craziest NFL-related story you'll hear all day. Are you familiar... With John Feliciano. I I played with a Pedro Feliciano who unfortunately has passed away. So it's not him. No. I've I know of he was in Greece. 
He was the uh, he was the lead role in Greece. Along, Are you think about John Travolta. Oh yeah, he took he put on Nicolas Cage's face one time. Yeah, he put on. No, yeah. it's not. That's not right. I feel like they would have gotten bacterial diseases doing that. By the that's way, that's your yeah. biggest issue with mm-hmm. them just swapping faces and not bo- and not bone structures. Mm-hmm. That was the weird part. Like that, the bone structure is very important. So John Feliciano plays for the 49ers. Good for him. Was the point. Loser. That's awesome. You he might lost. be interested in this story. Is Somebody tweeted out, Colton McKivitz has one of the best players in the game lined up in front of him, and he decides to give him a free rush to Brock Purdy. Sickening. Jonathan Feliciano jumps in. Is he an offensive lineman? Yes. And he says, I know you know all, so you should know that's not Colton's guy. Which he's just trying to stand up for Colton. Now, the unexpected outcome of that is... People on Twitter were making it clear that he was then saying it was Spencer Buford's fault for missing his block assignment. That, let's be honest, it could have won them the Super Bowl. It Possibly didn't. related yeah. to Damon Buford. I don't know that to be the case. And he tweeted out, I'm sorry, bro. I woke up hungover and being a bitch. In trying to have one's back, <laughs> I hurt you. It's effed up, and I apologize. You got nothing but greatness ahead of you. I'm sorry, bro to Spencer Buford. And so he solved it. Let's move on to the next thing. And as Lee Corso would say, not so fast, my friends. Dang. A screenshot of this was taken, at which point Eagles player Jalen Carter jumped into the mix. And he alleges that when the two teams played in week 13, that Feliciano was trash-talking him about a car accident that resulted in the death of one of Carter's teammates. Carter said, This is the same dude who spoke on my dead teammate and the reason I was emotional during our game. That sounds pretty bad, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, like that seems like a place you don't even go even on, in the competitive field of the gridiron. Now, Corey, you make a great point. And most times... I would agree with you. However, there is yet more information to discover in this case. Feliciano decided to respond. And he said, yeah, that's exactly what happened. However, he gave a little bit more context to it. Is What he said was, dude told me he was going to murder me and my kids and, would ne- and my kids would never see me again. He said that three times to me because I laughed at him getting a flag. So then I responded, I believe you. You already got a body. Mm. And then he continued for weeks posting to my family and friends trying to reach out to them. Really? Wow. So look. Jeez. I I don't know if you ever say things like that are justified, but if you're like, I'm going to murder your kids, then... I don't think you can get your feelings hurt when he's like, he said something mean back to me. Yeah, about my about my teammate, like that yeah. whole. No, yeah, I'm. I'd, you've you've decided that it's perfectly okay to go there. Yes, and you open that door for somebody, and when they come back at it, you can't be like, well, that door was never open. That's, yes, yeah. and then the other thing Feliciano added is he went to the NFL with these charges. Yeah, while. 
the Eagles player, it's Jalen Carter, decided to go on social media. Yeah. And so he's like, who's in the wrong here? You threatened to murder my kids or murder me and then brought up my kids. And so I brought up that incident where you definitely were involved in an incident where somebody died. And I went to the NFL to go through this channel and you posted on social media. And I'm at fault. Yeah. I Here's my... Here's one of the things that I've to, I will lay out there for most players in these kinds of situations. It's probably best you just utilize your social media to promote your foundation and move on about it. Get because this gets you caught up in all sorts of wild stuff. Because all he was doing was was saying, "Hey, that wasn't his guy." Yeah, and then this turns into an even weirder, wilder yeah. story. Yeah, this has gone a totally another direction when you started this conversation off about somebody missing an assignment in the Super Super Bowl. Bowl. And it turns out, did Jalen Carter threaten to murder somebody on the football field and bring up their kids because he was laughing at them because he got a penalty? Now, I do believe that that kind of stuff is said a lot on the football field. Like, like, look, dude, we watch the program. How often do you believe that some dude's lined up across from another guy all day and he's He's saying things like that. Okay, but that's fine. But you can't go, all I said was I was going to murder him. <laughs> yeah. And then he said I was involved in an actual real-life incident where somebody died. Valid. Very valid. Like, that's a weird response. Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. let's get to the Dallas Mavericks and the end of the Mark Cuban era. Now, I predicted this the second this sale was made that he'd be done within two years. Corey? It sounds like you're wrong. It sounds like it's going to be sooner than that. Yeah. That is a that is a fair point. What have we learned, and who have we learned it from? Well, Brad Townsend. Got to give him credit. Uh, and he also added this, by the way, on Twitter. I just want to throw this out there. Reminder, as you read specifics of our wide-ranging interview with Patrick Dumont, money is power. Power in this case might initially be publicly portrayed in uh, an understated way, but this level of power was never going to be idle. And here is an example of the power and the money. Forbes net worth estimates DFW's big four sports owners, Jerry Jones, at $14.5 billion. That's a lot. Mark Cuban is estimated at $6.2 billion. The Gaglardi family, $3.7 billion. And Ray Davis, $2.9 billion. The total of that, Kevin, $27.3 billion. The Adelson Dumont family, $33 billion. So oh. their estimate is wow. more, more than all than the rest all of the them. teams here. So just take that with you as okay. we go through this conversation. They should just buy all the teams. <laughs> they could. They could. Um, but will they? So do you want me to, like, uh, there's a lot of uh, structure here, but basically the first, it's a Q&A. Yeah. The first question was, how will the Mavericks basketball and business decisions be made? Can you give a sense of the flow chart? Dumont starts, he's our new governor. He starts with a lot of like uh butt kissing a Mark Cuban. Sure. And it makes sense. Look, man, I don't want to I don't want to kick this guy as we're doing this situation, but here's the point. That'll happen a little later in the question. The way the structure works just formally is that I am the governor. The league wants one person to speak to, so that's me. But I intend to get the benefit of Mark's experience and his success. So working with him is actually good, and I see how, and that's how it is. Nico Harrison is the GM. He is the head of basketball operations. So we all get the benefit of working with Mark, but there's one GM. That's Nico. And then we have Cynthia, who's running the organization. Great leader, dynamic. I think that's great management there. 
So the best of both worlds, we get to work together with all this stuff. Next question. Mark has said on record that he would be the alternate governor. Is that accurate? Remember, Kevin, he just said, I am the governor. Nico is the GM. Cynthia is this. We get to Which work means with Mark. owner. Yes. We yes. get to work with Mark. <laughs> Mark true. has said on record that he would be the alternate governor. Is that accurate? I don't want to get into the alternate governor oh, at this time. Oh, dear. It's not something that I've really spent a lot of time on, but I will tell you how we intend to operate. Question comes back. Hold on, hold on. Can you clarify that last part? How I just described to you, independent of title is how we will operate. Relationships are important. Experience is important. I think it's, uh, you know, all these Mark Cuban contributing. But ultimately, Nico is the GM and I'm the owner. That's and there, there was another uh, there series of questions about like, uh, how, you know, Nico and his work with him through the, the trading process. And he was like, look, man, Nico was great. He did a really good job. Of this he's very talented. But not as much fun with the semantical debate about who's Dumont. Who. Yeah, do, but Mark Cuban said, look, I'm in control of all this. Dumont comes in and says, I'm the guy that speaks for the Mavericks when it comes to NBA stuff. Nico Harrison is the general manager making decisions on our basketball team. And Cynthia Marshall is running day-to-day operations within the organization. That's the like that's what that's very clear from Dumont, who is, you know, got thirty-three billion dollars to his name in this yeah. conversation. So his power is that. Now that sounds to me like this the this whole idea and mindset of the flow structure doesn't involve Mark. Yep. Because as as maybe as the the way that we've always had him and Jerry Jones and these guys running running that structure, it sounds to me like Mark is a consultant on a business that he has money invested in. You know, it sounds it sounds like he's a consultant to a bunch of guys on. Hey, look, if y'all need some of my experience, I'll lend my experience to you. You know, and people that I know in the NBA, I'll, I can send you in the right direction. But but it sounds like the structure is business and Mark Cuban's over here. And what do you frequently see with mergers or whatever like that? The further you get into it, the further that person gets away. Because I could see a scenario in a year or two where Mark's like, hey, have you considered this? And they're like, we did that nine months ago. Yeah, and I think... I think Mark Cuban will still be at the majority of home games. And I do think at times he'll travel with the team and you'll see him behind sure. the bench cheering on. But in a way, this makes it sound like, and I do think this is honest by the new owner of the team, is Mark is a fan like you guys are. He does have a stake in this team and he can be in the meetings and he can listen to what Nico has to say and Jason Kidd and but they go through me. Mark can't go talk to the New Jersey or sorry New Brooklyn Nets yeah. and go make a trade and say, "Hey, I just did a deal. We, we're doing this." You're like, no, you're not. You're not doing anything. You you own a minority part of this team, and in a way, um, why am I drawing a blank? The guy who used to own the Frisco, he might still own the Frisco Rough Riders. Greenberg, uh, Chuck Greenberg, Mar- uh, Chuck Greenberg. That's he, who he is. Well. Remember when Chuck went outside of the structure and maybe tried to get Cliff Lee after they made their best and final offer and Cliff still said no? It's like, dude, you don't have this power to go to fly to Arkansas and talk to Chuck Greenberg. Like, we got to get rid of you now. They like, literally, they literally said, "Hey, uh, you did something that we that's not part of this group. Here's your check. We'll see you later." Like they yeah, literally so wrote him a check and said, "You're done." Now. I'm wondering how Mark's going to stay within this structure yeah. because he's a guy that. Doesn't not like well. does not like maybe this type of structure, but he needed to sell 
yeah. a lot of the team. For some reason, he needed to sell this team. We can theorize on the reasons, but it wasn't just for fun. It was he needed to sell the majority of this team. And so now I look at this interview and I go, wow, this is – we need to really talk about – I'm sorry, Mr. Dumont is what I'm going to call him because I forget his first name already. Sounds but Patrick. Patrick Dumont. I need to really start Pat- learning that name because he really – I don't think he's going to be Mark Cuban. I don't think he's going to be Jerry Jones, but he's going to be Ray Davis. Yeah. You know, he's, no, that's what I feel like. He's going to be the guy. And Mark Cuban is a huge fan of the Dallas Mavericks and owns a minority stake in the Di- Dallas Mavericks more than Magic Johnson owns of the Washington sure. Commanders. Mm-hmm. But like he's now Magic Johnson with the L.A. Dodgers. He's now Magic Johnson with the Washington Commanders. He owns more. I totally get it. And he's been the face of this franchise or one of the faces. Dirk was really the face forever. And now it's Luca. But he's been a major part of this organization since 2000. And now we have to start. I have to start turning my brain to Mark has nothing to do with the trade deadline. Mark has nothing to do with the draft. He is just like me. He's a fan of the team, but he does get to be inside the building listening to the meetings. The the moves that the Mavericks made the at the trade deadline here, they were very creative with some of the way they were, or like, we got to go get some draft compensation and stuff like that. We got to, we got to work some things around so we can also benefit, but also, and this is, everybody keeps saying this, look to the future of this organization with the Gafford addition. Like that's down the road with Luca, keeping these guys together. I I'm very, I, I'm now I'm more fascinated with the conversations between Dumont and Nico. And what his message was to him, look, go build us a winner. Uh, you, you're now doing the job because we pay you to do this job. Go build us a winner. You got to figure this out, but this is your job now. Nobody else is going to take the, the, the credit for it. Nobody else is going to take the, uh, whenever things go bad, nobody's going to take that for you either. So I, I, I am very curious how that conversation is and where they stand on that. And from the interview, Kevin, where at the very end, he does say, you know, he was great. He, I think he's a great talent. We talked about a variety of matters. Uh, I feel like I've worked with him for over a decade now. Uh, it's very na- natural thing, and he's a great talent. I hope I have complete faith in him. So maybe Nico's about to build something without somebody else interfering in the process of it all. Look, I do not think that this is a bad thing at all. I appreciate everything that Mark Cuban brought to the Mavericks. I appreciate that he brought a championship to the Mavericks. But I also think that the game had passed him by in terms of or either that or he was trying to do too much with talent evaluation. He just wasn't good enough at it. And he needed to be a different part of this organization. And if that means he's still like kind of the public face and their number one super fan, I'm all for that. As long as he's staying away from basketball operations. I'm with you. Mark Cuban means a lot to the Dallas Mavericks franchise and getting that championship in 2011. Now, he had nothing to do with Dirk and Nash and Finley. Like, that was all done before he bought the team. But when they needed to trade for Jason Kidd, he stepped in as that thing fell apart because of Devin George and figured out a way to get it to work. He called up Keith Van Horn. He said, hey, you want $4 million to be a fake NBA basketball player? And And he said, yes. Right. So, I mean, there's things that Mark Cuban did that were very good and helped lead the team to the 2011 championship. Uh, But he has for a while now really struggled with basketball. He just he can't figure out how to be better than than the majority. And so luckily, in a way, 
something happened in his life, whether he fell out of love with basketball, and I don't think he totally fell out of love with basketball, or he wouldn't be going on the road and going to all the games and sitting, you know, on the first row right next to the Mavs bench. So I do think he still loves basketball, not as much as he used to, but I think there's other things in his life that have kind of maybe pushed towards, hey, I need the money and I don't love this as much as I used to. And so now we have a new owner slash governor of the Dallas Mavericks that it's him and Nico and Jason Kidd. Yeah, no, I, I look, I'm with you on that. And I was going to add, if you need all of the money, Corey, what you really just need to do is put on the college football playoff. Because did you see again the student athletes? That's really important. The student part is ESPN reached an agreement to extend the college football playoff contract. Six years worth $7.8 billion. Billion? Billion. So I'm sure most of that money will go directly to the student athletes. Yes. This is very important. Yes. What they do. Well, making sure they have books. Yeah. Pants. Enough money since they're not supposed to have a job. Pencils. I wonder this. You still need pencils? No. Yeah. What are you talking about? You need pencils. No. Yes. Not unless you're like in art class and you need colored pencils. No, pencils are great. Using pencils are amazing. I'm not saying they're not. You can't fill out a a Scantron with a pen. How many times has Brandon called you up and said I'm out of pencils? That has not happened. Because he has pencils, I bet. Because you don't need them. 877-881-1053. I'm fine with arguing this all day. That's fine. Pencils are great. I'm not saying that people don't use pencils. College kids don't need pencils. Telling you, you can't Man, do the only thing drawing. that they might, and I'm going to ask, I'll ask my daughter. I'm going to text her, not right now, because she'll respond within eight to fourteen hours. I think <laughs> uh, is I will say, do you guys do Scantron testing? And I'm 99 sure they do not. Why? Why would they stop doing Scantron? It's so easy for teachers. They're just like just. Throw it through the scantron. Because then there was always a controversy about you didn't erase this all the way, or there's a dot yeah. on B, and so they counted yeah. that as your answer. And you're like, no, yeah. I clearly put C. Hanging Chad. <laughs> Man, maybe that's why we moved on from the scantron realistically. The guy who created the internet lost the presidency. From the 682, the NCAA would buy number three pencils. So, God, <laughs> wouldn't they? Now you're talking about, I guess this maybe Mike gets likes in- it. A little bit of Mike likes it. You're talking about college football. I totally get it. I mean, people will spend from 9 a.m. till midnight just watching college For sure. football on a Saturday. They don't do that with college basketball. But Agreed. I'm sure they pay a lot of money for college basketball. I'm turning on ESPN. I'm a little bit bored, and they have multiple basketball games on, whether it's on 1, 2, or the news, or yeah. ESPN University. Like They're running a lot of college basketball, men's and women's. I don't find it entertaining, to be honest. I try. I I, I tried to watch the other day. Kansas versus Texas Tech. Texas Tech blew them out. But I just don't know the players, and then they don't seem – I hate saying this. I know how hard those young men and young women worked for their college scholarships to play that college sport. I just don't find it the same when I knew people like Christian Lakner or Shaquille O'Neal or the Fab Five, and they all came back for their sophomore year, and then three of them stayed for their junior – you know, like – there's just not a connection to the star players being there, or yeah. the majority of the star players in high school don't even play college basketball, which is a little bit tough. But I'm wondering this. Does baseball not get like a lot of ESPN games because you have hockey playoffs, you have basketball playoffs? Like in 
April and May, there's so many things going on with two major sports. And then also you have baseball starting, Major League Baseball starting. So, because I can't imagine, I just don't know. Maybe a lot of people watch college basketball and I just don't see it. But if I threw on LSU versus Mississippi State on a Friday night on ESPN for SEC college baseball, would that What's the difference between Mississippi State and LSU? The other night it was Virginia Tech versus, I think, Virginia. I'm not sure. Like, I'm like, both those teams aren't making the tournament. They were 500 teams. I'm like, who's watching this? Virginia is pretty good. It might have not been Virginia then, but it was two teams around 500, and I'm like, neither one of these teams are making the tournament. So... One of the one of the things I would guess about that I, I don't I don't know this for sure is like if you put on a Paul if you had a broadcast Paul Skeen's Friday night start every night on ESPN I think it would have got better ratings than regular season college basketball ratings I'm only for specifically that specifically pa- him specifically Paul Skeen's throwing a hundred and one every pitch going crap. I'm watching all these major league games and nobody's throwing this hard. Yeah, no, I could see specifically for him. I, I do wonder if, because you just listed how many channels they have, and now with ESPN Plus, and now that's going to be folded into a new app, is yeah. they just like the inventory of it because they're like, hey, we paid for all this college basketball. Now we got eight different games yeah. at any time that we can put on here, here. Oh, here. yeah, my Fubo TV has 60 channels of college basketball yeah. every Saturday morning, and I'm just like, I don't watch it. I need to get rid of it. And to your point about the best players, like the best player in college basketball right now, and I don't believe. Is he Baylor? It, no, it's, it's Zach Eady. There is a kid at Baylor, Jacoby Walter, that's really good. Is Zach Eady at Purdue. Okay. He's projected as, like, probably a second-round pick. Is he the seven-foot-two guy? Yes, yes. And so he's the best he's in college second basketball. Rounder? Yeah, he's projected he's, he's slow as mo. probably a second rounder, and he had to like change his body to even go from undrafted to second round. To <sighs> your point, my dad could not figure out how the kid from Richardson at Gonzaga wasn't a first round pick and going to be a solid is NBA. Yeah, is that best. Timmy, right? Yeah, Drew, Drew Timmy? Timmy. And I'm like, Dad, they just don't play basketball <sighs> yeah. that way in the NBA. They they don't want a slower guy who's not a good shooter. To clog up the paint who can't just jump like Daniel Gafford yes. can jump. Like they, there's just there's not a place for these guys. He would have to, I told him he has to become a good as shooter. And it's not this would be the goal. Can you shoot the ball as well as Maxi Kleba? Because I'm I'm setting the bar at like a standard for Drew Timmy telling my father he has to be able to shoot the NBA three-point shot at at least 33%. If he can do that, maybe he can find an NBA home, but nobody saw him as an NBA player. He's he's not in the NBA, right? Well, is he? He might He's be. He's in the G League. Yeah. I know he hurt his foot. Okay. But he went undrafted and bounced to a couple of G League teams. Yeah. And this is somebody that was absolutely The last three years, one of the best basketball, basketball players. Like, better than Chet Holmgren in a way, and they were teammates for a year. But everybody knew Chet Holmgren's going to be a top three pick while sure. Drew Timmy's not draftable. And, you know, you mentioned the kid at Baylor, Jacoby Walter. We talked about Cody Williams from Colorado. There are definitely players out there that I think will get drafted highly, but it used to be, I know all of these people because I saw them play in the ACC or I saw them in the Sweet 16 or Oh my gosh, Larry Johnson and Stacey Ogman are coming back. Yeah. So you're like literally a team that lost one or two games, dominated in the national championship game, and they're coming back to play another season and seeing if they can be a perfect team. And just for the record, what happened to that team? Grant Hill. They lost to the mighty Duke Blue Devils. I shouldn't say Grant Hill. It was more Tony Hill from Lancaster. True. Or Lancaster. I always say Lancaster, but then I hear news people say it. 
say Lancaster, and I'm like, that doesn't sound right to me. I grew up saying Lancaster. I, that's that's how I think you say it. Too. All right. So today not only is Valentine's Day, nice. but today is Lent, and some people are yes. going, yeah, in your belly button. Mm-hmm. Well, Lent that's is is trap. a Catholic religious holiday, but and I'm not. I grew up Catholic. I would say I'm not Catholic. I'm Christian. I wouldn't say I'm Catholic. But I, my son asked me yesterday, well, Lent, if you want to have an idea of this, it's it's a time until, I say till Easter Sunday. Some people say till Good Friday. I believe it's Easter Sunday. And to take it a step further, just my personal belief, live your life how you like, is it's after you go to Mass uh, or okay. go to church. On like Boston? So Boston Mass. What? A lot of people do during Lent is they they give something up or they or they say I'm going to do something different. I'm going to change a habit in my life. And really, if for religious purposes, like Hakeem Olajuwon, I'm not saying Lent, but he during I'm sorry, is it Ramadan? What is it that uh, where I, they don't eat during the daytime? Yeah, the you got you have to fast. The, yeah, you fast during that. So some people will say, well, I'm. For me, I'm going to give up all sweets and all desserts. So no more M&Ms, no more Mike and Ike's, no more ice cream. I love Bluebell ice cream. Cookies. Like no more cookies. Like there's this disgusting, it's probably a great cookie, but in my head I have to say it's disgusting and everything. And as a religious- That's a good philosophy. As a religious thing, I'm still going to crave sweets. There's no way that I'm not going to crave sweets. But in that moment that you crave sweets, you remember that there's something sweeter than candy- there's Jesus Christ. And so that's when I say, hey, Jesus, I'm, I want to have that cookie. I want to have that. Brownie. But I'm, I'm, here to, I'm here to pray to you. And, and yeah, so like yeah. I'm using Hakeem Olajuwon as an example because I thought this was amazing. And for other, other Muslim people that do this too, I just think it's amazing that they're able to play an NBA basketball game while fasting. Yeah. Like that, and, and, and I bring that up because it seemed like Hakeem, they talked about this a lot with him. And that's where I learned about the fasting exercise during a certain time that they do this. And it's during an NBA season uh, that he can only eat when they're when the sun is. I be, if I'm getting if I'm getting this wrong, I apologize. But when the sun is down, I believe they can eat. But once the sun comes up until the sun sets, they cannot eat anything. So he couldn't really eat until after his basketball game was over. So anyways, I'm giving up sweets for this. And I was wondering, I'm not saying you have to do this or anything, but I know that, uh, Kevin, you're Catholic. I was wondering, since my son brought this up to me last night, and he's giving up Snapchat. No Snapchat until after Easter. And I bet that's something For a 15-year-old, a a, a high schooler, that probably is tough. But that's what he's giving up until after Easter is over, which is at the end of March this year. So it's about a six-week commitment to try to— Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I'm doing, I'm giving up fast food, but I think my wife is going that direction that you mentioned as well of giving up all sweets. I need to check in with Brandon because usually he has something as well and he usually does a good job of it too. One year I gave up swearing and I did still swear three times, but I was oh, trying. You, I, I was, might, I might not be perfect. I in was this trying either. really hard not to uh, swear, so that's what it's going to be. Do you have me. to like punish yourself for that? Like, do you have to go? Not necessarily, but put, like a, a strap with some spikes on no, it on your leg. No, it's not like uh, is that the Da Vinci Code, yeah. right? No, look, oh, I'm not. You're not going to go that route. I might force myself to watch Master and Commander or something oh, like that. The worst. That movie sucks. God. Is Sorry. from the three two five. I'm giving up Twitter. 
It's gotten to be so negative. Uh, from the three to five. Yep. Almost ate meat for lunch. Had to check myself is and different people have different feelings. Right. And if you don't believe in any of this, like that's fine as well. I'm, you can live your life however you like is yeah, I'm not telling you to do this yeah. or you have to do this or you're wrong for not doing this. It's kind of just in a way, a little subset. Sure. And I shouldn't say little, it's a subset of Christian religion. Sure. And, and, I, and I would say as look, if we're being really honest as years gone by, I probably drifted more towards being like just more mainstream Christian as opposed to Catholic because Catholicism just has so, so much terrible, terrible baggage with it that you can't help but be affected and be like, man, I'm, maybe yeah. this isn't the spot for me. But that's why we'll inevitably end up at Red Lobster and you guys will make fun of me. Are we going to go to Red Lobster again? You don't have to go. Because on Lobster. Fridays, you're not supposed to eat meat right. during Lent. Correct. But fish is meat. In a way, yes, but for some reason, I don't know when they what? came up with this, but they decided that fish was was okay in there, the diet There on are Friday. some things in the Bible that I do not necessarily think all jive together, but It's not the are. split-hoofed animal. It's and I'm okay. not sure this is That's even right. in the Bible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I've heard that as well. In fact, obviously, the Jewish people got upset because they're like, why aren't you fasting? And it's like, because I'm here. Because I'm God and I'm here. They can fast when I'm gone from being a human person right now. I would like to give up saying yes when I want to say no. Is that a, is that something I can do? Does that work? It's up to you. It's it's like, however that, you want. Is that, is that a real a, sacrifice? You don't have to do anything. Oh, I say yes to things all the time that I don't want to do. Okay. I, I People ask me to do something, and I'm like, I feel like I have to. And I just want to say no. Can yeah. I do that? Can I just be like, no, I'm not doing that anymore. Eat a D. Can I, sit, do, I do it that I way? I don't know if that is in the spirit <laughs> of can. what they were Maybe that's the thing for Lent you do. You tell everybody to eat a D. <laughs> I don't. Was that what God said? And then he no. said, go eat a D. No, but he, he said, said I could do whatever I cheek. want, and it feels like that's what I wanted to do. And my last mic likes it. Last night, Jake said if he scored 20 points, he'd play basketball next year. And so he oh. had 17 points, and his teammate said, Coach, mm. put Jake back in. He needs three more points. And he <laughs> hit a three at the top of the key. And now he's still playing basketball. Is he excited about that? No, he is. He's just he's, – he's drawn to – he loves baseball, and he really likes basketball. So. Okay. Another way to say it is he likes baseball more than basketball, but he likes both of them. I would like for him to keep playing basketball. Sure. Uh, so he said last night after scoring 20 points, he was like, I'm going to play basketball next year. Then I wanted to just throw out a little note for you. We no. talked about this. Everybody's asking me to do stuff. I'm saying no. Oh, man. I like the idea that no. you get to pick what Corey gives up for Lent. Is That's our what segment. We, what if we give him a whole bunch of awesome things to do and then he has to say no? Oh, that's a good I idea. want to say no. I want to stop saying yes. Take my $1,000 out of my wallet. Oh, I don't have can't a thousand bucks. Can't you can't you have to say Hold no. On. I have to. I, I'm going to stop saying yes to things I don't want to do. Well, that's oh. not a sacrifice. So that sounds like that's like, not a sacrifice. Yeah. I'm sacrificing me being the nice guy that always does stuff. Like now, my reputation is he's the guy that told me to eat a D. That's not a sacrifice. <laughs> but I do like the I idea that D. saying that. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one. They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.